Hi friends, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast where two best friends talk about their favorite TV shows and movies. This week on our Witcher recap, we're covering Season 2, Episode 6, Dear Friend. Daria. Hello, Jenny. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Hotel Vicarious. How are you doing today? I am really surprised, shocked, flabbergasted that we only have like two episodes left of The Witcher to cover. I know, it's great. It went very fast. It went by really fast. So fast. Just like how January 2022 has already felt like three years long. I know, but yet next week is February, so. I don't, is this like what being in your 30s is like, where all you do is talk about how much time is passing all the time? Uh, No, I think it's because we're in a plague. Okay. We have nothing else to do. Because I just really <laughs> thought that when I was a kid that I would be way like more concerned about quicksand than I would be about, oh my god, it's Tuesday again. <laughs> Yeah, I think I honestly feel like we have more in common with, like, people who lived in, like, the 1900s, like, er late 1800s, early 1900s, than we do with, like, people who lived in 1990. (laughs) Um, Because I feel like we're very concerned with, Things like weather, mm-hmm. how long it takes to do something, you know, I just, I feel like there's not a lot going on these days, guys. Yeah, I mean, the biggest excitement in my day right now is like, when can I log off of work and what am I going to make for dinner? Woof. Is anyone doing anything exciting right now? I mean, pe- some people... In a way that's probably not infecting no. thousands of people around no. them. No. <laughs> the answer is no. Or isn't, like, catastrophically wealthy because, like... Yeah. Exactly. You know. Um. Yeah, no, basically we're all just doing nothing. Sorry, I'm just being a big whiny baby today. <laughs> no, I know. But it's, like, that's what this... It's just, you know... It's January, it's season three, it's it's a lot. Yeah, every time we log on to record, I get so excited, and then you ask me how I'm doing, and I'm like, I don't know, the last cool thing I did was record last week. <laughs> I'm going to have to think of a new question. <laughs> oh my gosh, I agree. I have not done a lot. Mostly just shoveled snow. I was going to say, how can you do anything? You've got 47 inches of snow outside of your front door. I know. Uh, Yeah, we got like another seven inches last night. Plus like drifting. So there was again like another foot of snow in our driveway. But there's also like a bin in our driveway right now because we're getting rid of a bunch of stuff because we don't go anywhere. We don't see anyone. We don't do anything. So all we do is just clean out our house because we have nothing else to do. So we're throwing out like so much. You know, like when you keep things that are broken because you're like, we'll take this to the dump one day Mm -hmm. or we'll put this in the, you know, extra large garbage pickup one day and then you never do. And then you're like, suddenly it's been five years and you're like, this TV doesn't even turn on. Why is it still here? (laughs) I do that with clothing. And I was looking through my closet the other day and I was like, I think I wore this dress in college. Oh, I know. It's you know, bad. like, I think I wore these shoes like seven years ago. Why am I holding on to them? Why? All I want to do is throw all my stuff out. <laughs> I know. My husband is still using the backpack that he bought when we were in college. I love that about him because that's not me. <laughs> it's like falling apart. And I'm like, you could just buy another one. <laughs> you could buy the exact same one from Swiss Army. Yeah, my husband is super similar. <laughs> I'd be like, well, I've had this hoodie for, like, ten years. And I'm like, yeah, I can tell, dude. Do you want to, like, replace it? 
God. There are like holes in, in places that we don't need to have holes in. So my God, you know what? Holes in sweaters. I'll I will wear a sweater into the ground. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. If it's comfortable. Chris Evans and knives out. I know. I bet you look pretty good though in like a white sailor sweater. I would look way better than Chris Evans in that sweater. That's true. I would I would say that. I, I stand by that and anyone can come at me. A photo shoot starring Jenny in a white cable oh my God. sweater. Coming soon. <laughs> to nowhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I've just been, yeah, cleaning out my house. I'm going to be building some furniture. My daughter is getting a bunk bed, so we got to build that. I am I so know. jealous of a child. <laughs> it is a pretty fancy bunk bed. So, yeah, we have to put that together. It's coming Friday, I think. So... But then we have to get rid of a bunch of stuff in her room and like just like there's so much junk in my house all the time. But it does feel good to like actually like purge so much stuff. And I'm cleaning out. <laughs> this is so bad, guys. I'm cleaning out our cold storage mm. that is like a fully cement room. It's fully cement. Like the whole room is cement with a door. Like it gets it's frigid in there right now. And it is full of children's clothing <laughs> right now. So all the clothes are going to Goodwill. Nice. Or Value Village because we don't have Goodwill in Canada anymore. But don't I know. They went out of business. Oh. They were, they were making too much money. <laughs> or something like ridiculous. No, like the CEO of like Goodwill Canada was like making too much money. I don't know. There's some like scandal. Anyway, but we have like Value Village, which is similar to, mm. to Goodwill. And and that, so I'm taking all of that and then I'm hopefully going to be able to actually like put canned food <laughs> in this cold store. Sure. Instead of like old onesies. Yeah, exactly. Fair. Yeah. That's exciting. It is. So, yeah, because when you have like kids clothes, it just like accumulates so fast. And you're like, what 12 inch by 12 inch space can I stuff this diaper box full of clothes? <laughs> so cleaning all that is good. It's basically it. I haven't really done anything else. Yeah, I've been I've been mostly just watching Yellow Jackets. That's all I've been doing. Okay. Yeah. And? That's all I want to do for the rest of my <laughs> life is watch these creepy deranged girls survive in the Canadian wilderness. Yeah, I mean, like, teenage girls are wild, feral animals on a good day. I think one of the <laughs> inspirations behind the show was the idea that if girls, if you replaced Lord of the Flies with young girls instead of young boys, that it would be different. That they would okay. be... I don't know, civilized and like smart and they wouldn't resort to all of this crazy, crazy, crazy. But I will tell you, being in the locker room in seventh grade, you could not be more wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I still have a few episodes left, so I'm trying not to like think about it too hard because I don't want to spoil myself, but I love every episode. Yeah, how are you actively avoiding social media right now? It's, I'm playing a lot of Stardew Valley. If I'm not true. watching Yellow Jackets or talking to, like, you, I'm playing Stardew Valley. <laughs> Sorry, and talking to my husband. You know, and, like, real friends, guys. I have real other friends. But, you know, it's a pandemic. There's not much going on, so. I know. I'm trying to woo Elliot in Stardew Valley. I love it. <laughs> so funny. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, you know, um, with not much to do and just waiting for Omicron to, I don't know, mm. turn into whatever's next. Mm. <laughs> Diving back into the fantasy world of the continent. Yes. With a wild episode. Pack in lots of punches in the back half of season two. Honestly, so many things happened in this episode, just like last episode. But yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I mean, 
it's exciting. Like there's reunions in this episode that, you know, a certain shipper yes. heart loves to see. Yes. But also some like really devastating losses that I um am not happy about. I'm just gonna put that out there. Oh yeah, I remember when I think were we watching this episode the same day or had you already watched it? And I was texting you yeah. screaming. Yeah. Yeah, I think I had just beaten you on yeah. this one. And so we were watching um, the beginning of episode six, which is Geralt and Siri have left Kermorn mm-hmm. at this point um, because, you know, he knows that whatever that like stalactite monster thing that flew out of the monolith um, at him and Istrid yeah. is going to come for her. Yep. So he's trying to like, okay, first of all, (laughs) he's trying to reason with a teenager and like, it's not really his fault. He doesn't know better. He doesn't have a single dad's group to talk to. (laughs) Um, Teenage daughter support group. He really doesn't, you know, so his ex-girlfriend like was almost strangled by her. So she's not really that much help anymore. So (laughs) yeah, Tris tapped out. Yeah, babysitter duty's over. Right. So he's trying to like explain to Siri, you know, why going through the trial of the grasses would have been like a bad decision. Like it's so dangerous. Like not everyone survives. And she's like, "You don't know me, Dad." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she gets like she's she's so. So much a teenager in this episode. She's just like, you don't understand me. You will never understand me. My life is so hard. You don't care what I want. You only care about yourself and your horse. And that's it. Right. Uh, And then the stalactite monster shows up. The, what's it, Chernabog? A Chernabog. Yeah, I mean, it's like this big flying dragon demon looking motherfucker. It is gnarly. (laughs) It is. It it looks like part centipede, (laughs) part dragon, part is, it's seriously scary. And so they kind of like, you don't seem to really know it quite right away, but Geralt, like, takes whatever witcher potion. Witcher juice. Witcher juice. <laughs> um, and he is, like, he tells Siri to run, and she runs. And we think that she's kind of just, like, running from the monster. Yeah. Like, she's really, but she's really, it is chasing her. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It, it wants her. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so then... She basically ends up being bait. Yeah. And I have a thought about it. Like. Okay. We know that Siri is connected to these. What are they called? Monsters. Yes. But I mean, where do they they come out of? The. um, Oh, the monoliths. Monoliths. Right. So we know that Siri has a connection to the monoliths. And we know that her, you know shouty power is what sort of you know breaks them up right i have a weird feeling that like what if those monsters are just sort of like trying to reach their like new master yeah that's a very good point like what if it's like she's calling to them because she says that she gets these like kind of pulls towards them and like there's some inherent connection there and like obviously they're scary and obviously Geralt's first instinct is to like chop its head off but like right what if part of her powers is that she can like control these rock monsters oh yeah I never thought that she could control them that is very interesting I mean I don't think we're gonna find out anytime soon but like it would be hilarious if (laughs) they were like killing off potential what if that's her army (laughs) yeah like, oh, dang. what if part of her warrior-ness is commanding an army of stalacite monsters? What if these are her dragons? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, anyway, sorry, that was a tangent, yeah. No, it was great. I love it. So, yeah, so eventually we see that Siri is bait, 
And Geralt comes flying out of nowhere and gets the monster in the head. Yeah, it's kind of hot, to be honest. Yeah, he just, like, flew through, like, midair. Yeah, I need to, I need to maybe not think about it too much, but there's something about Geralt in, like, Witcher juice mode with, like, the blacked out eyes where I'm like, hmm, hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it the black veins? Yeah, I, I know it's the veins. I don't know what it is. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a good look. Honestly, he pulls it off for he sure. He really does. But at the end of this scene, this is why I was screaming to Daria yeah. over text that Roach, our faithful steed who has just been with us through so much, is killed. Yeah. The, or maimed severely by the Chernabog. Yeah, I really, truly, truly hate it. I was not expecting it. I really Me thought either. that we were going to keep Roach throughout the entire series. I'm devastated over it, to be honest. I like, I really so sad. don't Literally, love I did any of it. No, I was definitely not this sad over anyone else dying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's Geralt's buddy. Like, there are literal, like, full-length scenes of interactions between just Geralt and Roach. I know. I know. It was so sad. And then he has to, like, not only is she, like, maimed. Yeah. He has to, like, give her a swift death. I hate it. I know. I hate every part of it. I know. It sucks. So, after that sad encounter... Geralt and Ciri head to the Temple of Melitele. Yes. Which, Did I say that right? I think so. I think that's pretty okay. much it. I mean, they're British okay. when they say these things, so, like, that's fine. You know, shout out to the obvious budget increases from season one to season two, because the set design here yes. is just fucking beautiful. I mean, the temple so is beautiful. gorgeous. And the mm-hmm. costuming of people in the temple is, I mean, like, just yeah. beautiful work. And I... It's definitely just not the woods. <laughs> yeah, and it's got color. Like, the the show is so blue and gray and black that, yeah, like, this was it is. such a nice, like, Yeah, warm change. tones. Yeah. <laughs> warm jewel Browns. tones for all. <laughs> yeah. And that, so the Temple of Melitele is where witchers learn to use signs, but I don't really. Yeah, it's like the little bits of magic. Like, I think when Geralt does his, like, force fields and his, like, yeah. power surges, those are technically what they call little bits of signs. Okay, but those are, like, little bits of chaos? Like, yeah. little bits of magic? Okay. I think so. I wasn't really sure how they describe. I knew that they used, they called them signs, but I wasn't really sure if that's what they meant. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be, right? Like, they haven't introduced any sort yeah. of other magical theory. Yes. It's all just some kind of chaos. And it would kind of make sense that if elder blood is what is used to make the potion, obviously elder blood has chaos, Mm -hmm. and so that's why they can do little bits of magic, I guess. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. It's cute to imagine baby witchers going to school. (laughs) The ones who survived. Oh, stop. I'm sorry. I just have a really hard time with Vesemir just, like, injecting children. But, yes, uh, they would imagine just, like, a little Geralt who's, like, such, like, an emo goth boy and, like, with his, like, swoopy Pete Wentz. Bla- bangs. <laughs> yeah, his Pete Wentz hair. <laughs> I can just see it. Oh, my God. Can someone <sighs> design that for us? Because. Hey, Tumblr, we've put it into the universe. Please do this for us. Original goth king, girl. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Uh, so the priestess who they meet um, at the temple, do you, I don't remember her name it's, or how to pronounce it. Uh, I think it's Naneki. Naneki. Yeah. AKA Lady Danbury. Yes. <laughs> From Bridgerton. The beautiful Lady Danbury. Uh, yes. Played by the amazing Ajoa Ando. She is great. She's in one episode, and she's just so good. I just, I really liked her whole sort of vibe. I love the scene that we see later 
with her and Siri, and we'll talk about that a bit more. But basically, she knows that Siri is a daughter of chaos, like right away. Yeah. But she also kind of thinks that she can help Siri control the power inside of her. And then she, Siri is taken to the library yeah so this is where the episode and like listen no shade but this storyline felt very like ya to me yes yeah it kind of was a little bit we're bringing siri to the temple so that she can work on her powers and then she's taken into this room where she must ponder her orb and figure out what it means to her it was it was cute. It was actually kind of a cute yeah. light scene where she's like holding this like ball in her hand being like, what the fuck is this? What am I supposed to do with this? I yeah, it, it was it was funny and it was it was kind of funny like watching her sort of like try to figure out how to like unlock the power of this orb or and, whatever. And, and it's funny too because she meets that boy who's like working yes. in the temple and he's awkward and she's awkward and they're both just like holding this orb and it's just like it's cute it's really cute yeah it really was (laughs) it was good she's like especially awkward around kids her age i feel so it was like a nice reminder that she's an awkward nugget exactly because she hasn't ever really like interacted with children as like herself right she's always had to like either pretend to be someone else Mm -hmm. or you know yeah exactly but I, I do think that, like, after everything that happened at Caremoran, after the loss of Roach, like, Geralt, like, opening up this world to Ciri mm-hmm. has done wonders for their relationship. Like, mm-hmm. when Ciri was scared in her dream, she called for Geralt. And Geralt heard that she was scared. He came rushing back. Like, we know that the foundations of that relationship is there. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see them have these sort of like comfortable moments together mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and like it also rings very true of like a dad and his teenage daughter. Yeah, it's very real to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <sighs> Meanwhile, as we go from one adorably awkward moment to a less adorably awkward moment, but still awkward, Kihir is back in Sintra. And mm. I've feel like he thought when he arrived that things were gonna be better (laughs) because he was gonna like a parade in his yes like he was so powerful he was commanding the Nilfgaard army and now he's like back and in his eyes everything is different well they wouldn't even let him in really yeah (laughs) until he like made such a big fuss um, this is definitely the ship that you were talking about, right? Him and Frangella, that's what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, I'm not going to lie, though. There's a, a really juicy dynamic between them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I kind of love it. And I, I think that there's an allegiance there that, like, both of them aren't really sure. But I think at the end of the day, like, they're still going to kind of have each other's backs, which is... Interesting. Like, it's a very complicated, weird fucking dynamic, and I'm here for it, because it's... Oh, yeah, for sure. Fun. Yeah, so, basically, Kahir is, like, kind of pissed at Fringilla about the whole, like, elf situation. Yeah. Because it's, like, all elves all the time now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he's trying to, like, find whatever sort of power he can that he kind of, like, he's lost so much power. So he... He basically is, like, trying to, like, do train. They're trying to train the elves, right? Yeah. And so he, like, is going to fight Philav. Philavandral. Philavandral. Yeah. But then Francesca finally goes into labor. Yeah. Longest pregnancy ever. And it's kind of like the whole interaction is crazy. And what we haven't talked about once, because no offense, it just seems to sort of like go on the back burner is we see dara again Mm. dara is in sintra and he's Mm -hmm. training with all the other elves and he is sporting a beautiful fro now like i don't know how much time has passed in dara's world because the actor is clearly older and like 
such a badass and i know he looks so good so, <laughs> so it's good. phil evangel and i think dara are the ones that are kind of training together and that's when kahir yeah. comes in and is like let me show you how to be a tough blah blah right. blah, blah blah yes yeah Woof. And yeah, and then uh, that gets interrupted because Francesca's brother tells Philavandrel that Francesca has gone into labor. Yes, and the, the delivery scene is really intense. Yeah. But it's also this like very beautiful moment between Frangilla and Francesca. Like a yeah. true friendship is formed between them in the time that they've kind of allied themselves together. Definitely. And Frangilla is the one that basically like gets that baby to be alive <laughs> like yeah she like because the baby is like not really breathing or something and then frangilla i don't even she doesn't even use magic i don't think she just like warms her up basically and gets her to cry yeah so this is the first pure elf mm-hmm. that's been born and i guess there's like something about a human body compared to an elf body that, like, Frangilla was just able to sort of, like, hold it close and, like, breathe, like literally like, breathe life into the baby. Yeah, which was amazing. And then, yes, yeah, so it's the first, the first elf born in a long time, basically due to the fact that, like, the elves have been living in such terrible, like, squalor conditions for so long. And I think it's really, like, softening Frangilla in a way. Yeah. Into her, like, what Nilfgaard should be doing in terms of like for for the elves yeah and and you know so that's which is really interesting because it seems to be in conflict with what what how i want to say this the mm, i don't know like direction from the top yeah kahir had Uh sort of been like you know this is the party line this is what we do and now he's been gone for so long and Fringilla has just been, you know, sort of managing Nilfgaard in, like, a quite different way. And he, and he's just like, what the hell? Like, yeah, I thought you were Nilfgaard. Yeah, and I, I know that what we see from the Deathless Mother about Nilfgaard and the elves allying themselves together, we know that if they do that, they're going to see some kind of success, right? But, like, there's so many mm-hmm. outside influences yeah and like forces yeah that can kind of just fuck the whole thing over really quickly and so you have kahir you have a lot of elf prejudices in the nilfgaard army Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of doubting frangilla's leadership abilities there's definitely some doubt sort of being placed in phil evangel and francesca about like what the nilfgaard army really wants from them yeah. And then we find out at the end that Emperor Amir, who we haven't seen yet, but we've heard a whole shit ton about, mm-hmm. is making his way to Sintra. Now, was Amir who Fringilla saw in the... But he was in, like, full armor, right? Yeah, I don't think we got to see his face at all. No. And he didn't speak, I don't no. think, did he? No. No, I think we saw Yennefer's dream. But we mm-hmm. did not see Francesca or Frangillo's. We just heard them talking about it. But we do see him, though, in the... He's in, like, the doorway. Of, uh, like, maybe, like, a flash. In, but yeah, like, a flash. Like a yeah, shadow. but you don't... You don't... Um, in, like, her, I think it was one of her dreams that she had when they were in the wagon together. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's when you see it is, is in one of Frangillo's dreams. Yeah, you're right. Um, Way back in, like, episode one or two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Amir is traveling to Sintra. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> what yeah. is that going to mean for Frangilla, who has definitely been maybe, you know, working a little too closely with the elves for Nilfgaard's sort of comfort? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, she's enjoying the power. She's enjoying of course. what it means to be a leader. And Francesca's gassing her up, too. Like, yeah, look at us badass ladies doing it and, like... If the Nilfgaard army doesn't think that you're strong enough, like, well, then prove it to them. Or, you know, they're they're definitely playing hype man for each other. Yeah. Which is, like, good, but also maybe to their detriment. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know that there's a bond there. There's, like, a a very deep bond there. But they still don't trust each other 100%. So they're constantly sort of worrying, like, 
are you doing this just to get me to do this for you? Like, is this manipulative or not? So it's, it's, yeah, again, the, the politics in these like little side plots are so fascinating to me. Yeah, definitely. It is for sure. So we head from Sintra, we actually um, head back to Kermoran and we see that Ryance has the fire mage has arrived at Kermoran uh, looking for Siri. Do we find out how he knew where Kermoran was? No. I don't really remember. We don't really find out, I don't think. No, we don't understand. I mean, like, Ryan's has a method to his madness that, like, we don't necessarily get to see. And also he has Lydia and her employer. So we don't know who her employer is. We don't know how, like what information, you know, that that person could be giving um, to them. I have a theory that it's probably someone we already know. Oh, yeah. I fully agree I with you. I think, like, Vilgefortz or Stragobor. Yes. I, I, I would bet you it's one of those two. Yeah, I, I think really you're spot would. on. It's interesting that this episode has been so much about life and death. Like, we lose Roach, we gain a baby, and now, like, Ryan's is in Kermoran and he's trying to just fucking decimate everything in his path. Like, he's... Basically. Just burn it all down is basically his M.O. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he basically defeats Vesemir and Triss, which is, like, quite bad. And he escapes with the potion made from... The Witcher potion made from Ciri's blood. But thankfully, Vesemir does not die. Yeah, we can't keep losing because I could not handle Geralt losing both his horse oh. and his dad in oh. one episode. No, stop it! Yeah, so it's definitely like a relief that he survives. And then once Vesemir is like kind of like at least they know he's not going to die. Triss decides that she has to return to Eretuza to talk to Tissaia and inform her about Siri and what uh, Triss experienced um, in Siri's mind when they saw um, Ithilene. Oh, God. And this is where, like, any sort of love I have for Tissaia goes yeah. poof. Yeah, it was real shitty. I, in some ways, like, I want to be like, okay, I get it. You know, of course she told Vigelforts. What's his name? Vilgeforts. Vilgeforts. <laughs> I was like, don't. Uh, yeah, of course she told him. Yeah. But like, <sighs> Triss specifically told her not to. Like, yeah. specifically, like, you know, don't. And she didn't really say why. That was the only thing. She didn't. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, why did Triss not want her to tell anyone? Like, maybe, I think it's because Triss still likes Siri. Yeah, I think deep down inside, Triss knows that Siri's a child. I mean, she's 13, I think. Maybe yeah. still 12. Mm-hmm. Like, she's a kid. And so it's, yeah, it's like, maybe this needs a more delicate hand than Vilkafort's bursting through the shadows and being like, what? I know, I know. Stupid so dumb man. I know. And I also don't like the dynamic between Tissaia and Vilgefortz is also very weird in that moment because she's like, I told you not to say anything until like I was ready for you. And he's like, I don't care. And he starts screaming like, yeah, I don't love. It's, I know. I'm telling you, I have a bad feeling about him. I think he's shady as Fuck. Yeah, you have said that since, like, our recap of season one. And, like, I'm telling you, I have a feeling that he is Lydia's boss. Like, I just have, or it's Stregobor. So yeah. I just have a really big feeling that it's, it is someone that we have definitely met before. Yeah. Speaking of reunions. <laughs> our girl Yen arrives at the temple of Melitele uh, in her search for Siri. Yeah. Which... Oh, what a moment. Dude, I... First of all, how did she... How did she track Siri is my question. Lots of questionable tracking in this... No, but she didn't... 
Yeah, but she didn't know that they, Geralt and Siri were together. Did no. she in this? No. No, okay. but how did she know that Siri was going to be at the temple is my question. I don't know. I don't know that she did. Really? Well, I think... Mm, was it just the coincidences of all coincidences that she would take a break there? Well, maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of thought, yeah. Well... Like, because she doesn't have she doesn't have powers, right? So I thought maybe she was mm. going to talk to, you know... Yeah. The priestess. I mean, that's fair. I don't know, though. Like, my, my memory is not good, so... <laughs> Either way, yeah. I loved their reunion. I love that like she's just sort of opening doors and like following people inside rooms and Geralt has no idea and he's just like, hey Siri, oh hey ex-girlfriend who I'm in love with who uh, left me on a mountaintop a year ago. Who I thought was dead. Who I just recently learned was alive again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is, oh, it's so good. Their, like, reunion is so good. And then Siri comes in, and Geralt's like, this is my friend. (laughs) Like, come on, dude. Oh, my God. As if anyone's going to believe that y'all were just buddies. Right, exactly. Such a single dad move. (laughs) This is my friend. And I really liked the whole scene they have where they're all three of them are sitting together and just like eating and drinking. And it's kind of like we finally, after six episodes, finally get to see this sort of found family dynamic for the first time. Yeah. But it's also like kind of soured. Oh, with the fact yeah. that Jennifer, well, not that she's going to, but like. We know that the Deathless Mother has told her that to get her chaos back, she'll have to use Siri in some way. Yeah, and so, so far, so far in season two, a big part of Yennefer's arc is the decision of whether or not she's going to do the right thing. When she's captured with Fringilla, when she's with them at the Deathless Mother's hut, when she's... With Yaskier and when she's trying to save the elf from dying, like she's she's constantly mm. being tested on doing the right thing. And Siri's like the final form of that for her. And so Absolutely. I think the whole time we're waiting to see, like, is she gonna do it? Now that she knows how important she is to Geralt, is she still gonna do it? And like, is her desperation to get her powers back more than it is yeah. to do the right thing and like not hurt this kid that she doesn't even know right and i think you know her powers have been such a huge part of like her entire being (laughs) you know what i mean like it's it's like it is such a huge part of who she is that like not having her powers has been super jarring yeah and i think too It's like, what is she without her magic or her chaos? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's definitely um, uncomfortable to figure out what that is, right? And (laughs) to make it that much harder, she connects with Siri really easily. I think she sees a lot of her younger self in her. And so it's like this Mm -hmm. extra punch to the gut that she's back with Geralt. She's found this kid who, like, desperately needs a mentor, and Yennefer can be that for her. Yeah. But she has to fuck the whole thing up. I know. I know. So, basically, Geralt and Yennefer's reunion is very short-lived. Yeah. Because Ryance arrives at the temple of Melitele, having left Kaer Morin and tracked Ciri and Geralt to the temple, so and so when Geralt is like attack or is fighting uh, Ryan's and like his band of I don't know his band of band of bullies merry men yeah yeah Yennefer takes the opportunity to barricade herself in a room with Siri under the pretense of protecting her yes because at this point I don't think Geralt knows that she doesn't have powers no. He has no clue. And it's such a brutal moment. And it's 
kind of bittersweet too because in the in the panic Yennefer teaches Siri how to use her like first little bit of magic by opening up the yeah. portal and yes. so we see the like mentor menteeship relationship between them pretty early on and it's so good it's so good because Siri gets it which is amazing and Geralt loses them both. It's so bad. I know. And he's like pleading for her Ugh. and Siri to stay. And Yen just like looks at him kind of like apologetically. Yeah. And then they disappear into the portal. Like, okay. I don't. Henry Cavill does his best in this role. Like, I don't see this kind of emotion <laughs> from him almost in any other thing he's ever done. But something about girl clicks immensely because just the facial expressions in that scene are just beautiful. Henry Cavill has been looking at himself in the mirror as Geralt for like the last decade. Okay. <laughs> I will not be taking any other option yeah okay. it's just it's like inherent Geralt is Henry Cavill <laughs> Henry Cavill is Geralt and there is no other option at this point the inception has worked because <laughs> it's a really beautiful moment like Anya is an extremely expressive actress and she's fabulous yes. and like mm-hmm. she definitely does a lot of the heavy lifting in this show but that moment was really really good it was. It really was good, and it was, it was really heartbreaking. It was, especially because he's just, he's just gotten to this point with Siri where they're kind of on the same page in a way, and he's just gotten Yennefer back in some form, you know, and and yeah, just like to betray all that is just oh. brutal. Like yeah, this so episode brutal. is got. It's just it's chock full of just downers. Yeah, it's and it's just so full. It is. Um, in general, like it's just such a heavy episode. Like, and then we get at the very end of the episode this sort of little, little bit of comic relief almost. Yes. So yeah, I have to. I'm trying to think. Towards the end of the episode, we finally get to see Istrid again, and he's with the like historians or information brokers whatever they might be in the world of the continent cod ringer and fen and they're this quirky married couple and they're like delightfully charming and they remind me so much of billy crystal in the princess bride the like little (laughs) couple in the tree Mm -hmm. and i Mm -hmm. can't Every time I think of them, I think of like they would fit so perfectly in that movie because it's like that same sort of like goofy, like yeah. funny banter. Yeah. And it, I love that. It just works so well because this episode has been so fucking dark that like we need some goofy. Yeah. And so basically they're doing more research on series family tree. And they basically discover that Lara Doran, who was like an elven sorceress from like way back in the day, mm-hmm. that is who Siri and Betta and Calanthe are all related to. And they find out that Lara Doran didn't, there was like some, there was some like written down thing. Like a prophecy some book or, that, or something. Some prophecy that she had created some weapon. Yeah. That the elves could use to take back the land that was theirs. But they find out that it's actually not a weapon at all. Or maybe it is. <laughs> it's a weapon in uh, a human form, basically. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that uh, it's a warrior uh, to fight for the, elv- the elves. And now that warrior is Siri. Because she is the one with the elven, the elder blood. And so Siri now basically must learn how to, like, control her power. Like, learn to use her chaos. 
or it's going to basically, like Triss saw when she delved into Siri's mind, destroy the entire world. <laughs> yeah, it's a big thing. And I'm so curious about how it works, right? Because as we know, the this line of chaos obviously runs on the female side of the family. Uh, Queen Calanthe's mother had chaos. Uh, Pavetta had chaos. Siri has chaos. It skipped Calanthe. But like, mm-hmm. does it go away once you have a daughter? Like, did Pavetta still have some kind of chaos in her even after Siri was born? Like, how does this warriorness travel genetically? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because I like, why? Why are we seeing it suddenly now? Like, are there things happening in the continent that need to happen in order for Siri to? come into her own and like it just wasn't Mm -hmm. time when her mom had that power or her great-grandmother had that power like it's curious or maybe it was just that it was just like hidden right so like when pavetta like freaks out at the wedding it's like a big deal it's not like she's it's not like something that she even really has ever been like trained in or it's almost like a secret like the, it's like a, a secret they don't want people to know yeah. right and i think it's actually Pavetta not really even knowing that she was capable of that yeah she just it's like a weird thing that happened and like you know like maybe it's the fact that siri doesn't have her family around yeah doesn't have her grandmother around to sort of make her hide that mm-hmm. sort of magic you know aka like elsa and <laughs> frozen you know what i mean like so you know she's not really beholden to like hide who she is because she's not really a, like a princess right now you know well, she's right. and she's also in a shit ton of stressful situations and she's in a lot of trouble <laughs> like all the time all the time yeah so yeah so maybe this is just she's the first one who has ever been actually allowed to even like explore it yeah that's a great point so it's it's really interesting and It'll be exciting to see sort of what what comes out of this. Yeah, it's you can definitely tell the showrunner has a lot of seasons planned because there's yeah. no clear conclusion. Like there's just no way that stuff about Siri, like all of this history stuff will be wrapped up in two more episodes, you know? So you know that like Yeah. Some things are coming to a head, but we're definitely going to still have major questions left for a potential season three. Yeah, for sure. Well, they, they've they been renewed for a couple seasons, haven't they? I think the showrunner or, has... No, it's just, it's just planned. Yeah, the showrunner has talked about having seven seasons planned. Okay. And I could okay. s- maybe, considering its success, see Netflix hopping on board for that, but I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think we're definitely oh at least God. getting a season three. So there's no... Yeah, I, I think that's been renewed already yeah. for season three. Um. Yeah, wow. Well, that is one more episode. Down, two to go. Yeah. Craziness. Daria, is there anything else you can't stop thinking about besides Yellow Jackets? No. I know. That's <laughs> it. That has taken all of our time. I... No, I mean... Yellow Jackets has definitely been scooping up a lot of my attention for the last mm-hmm. few days. I yes. am deeply, deeply in love with it. I think all of the teenage girl actresses are incredible. I think being able to see Melanie Linsky and Juliette Lewis and Christina Ricci in the same program together is like blowing my mind all of the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love how deeply uh, unnecessarily creepy it is. <laughs> like, the cinematography, the tracking shots, like, obviously this is a thriller, obviously there's some horror elements, but, like, even basic shit, like, walking down a hallway or, like, someone leaning in a doorway is given the, like, horror movie treatment, and I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely want to watch it. 
I can't wait for you to do what I did to you during succession and just like furiously message me while you're watching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have to finish Ozarks first and then because we're almost I think we only have like two episodes or three episodes left. Part one because it's the final season of Ozarks. So I'm going to do that and then yeah, maybe I'll start Yellow Jackets. The one thing that I'm kind of excited about um, and... It's really because Aaron from Heaving Bosoms has reinvigorated my <laughs> love for figure skating. Oh. I'm super excited about the Olympics starting next week. <laughs> I have never been an Olympics gal. I just no me either. Don't tend just to care. Figure but yeah, I was just gonna say figure skating. Like I grew up watching like yeah. Tara Lipinski and Oksana Bayul yep. and like. Mm-hmm. I love figure skating. Chrissy Amaguchi. Oh, my queen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might tune in. I've heard we have some, like, really, really good figure skaters this year, so. I mean, yes. not that we don't all the time because it's, like, the Olympics. That's their job. <laughs> but, like, I've heard, yeah, some really amazing things this year. Yeah, I'm excited. And Erin has been... Anytime we, I have questions, I'm just like, what about this? And she she just knows all <laughs> about figure skating. It's great. Yeah, so it's been, I'm excited for the Olympics, which I'm not like, I'm not an Olympics fan at all. I just, I. I Especially like this year, I'm just like. Ugh, I know. I don't, nothing brings me joy, but um, I'm hoping <laughs> figure skating will help. I think it will. How can you not find joy in watching beautiful graceful movements on ice with glitter sequins it's great i love it yeah well folks uh you can find us at www.hotelvicarious.com if you want to listen to um our old episodes you can also email us um hotelvicarious at gmail.com um you can also find us on socials twitter facebook and instagram at hotel vicarious if you guys are just feeling mighty generous uh you can also rate us and review us on apple podcasts spotify good pods wherever your delightful little heart wants to listen to podcasts i'm sure you can review us somewhere hey google i don't even know whatever you want to do um, we would appreciate it. Amazon. We're also on Amazon. That's right. If you have Amazon Music. Yeah. I'm not sure anyone does, but. Anyway, we thank you so much for listening. Thank you for checking into Hotel Vicarious, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Bye.